Thanks for taking the time to listen to this NHS Employers podcast. For all the latest NHS HR workforce information, visit www.nhsemployers.org. We're here with Dawn Priest and Zinnia Ritz from York Teaching Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust to talk about total reward statements which are due to be rolled out across the NHS in three geographical tranches starting at the end of August this year. York were part of last year's technical pilot and are in tranche one, which means statements will be available in their organisation at the end of August. York do not have ESR self-service, so their access route will be via the government gateway. Um, so Dawn, as I mentioned, you were part of the technical pilot last year. What do you feel were the benefits to you and your trust of being involved in the pilot? Okay, thank you. Um, being involved in the technical pilot last year was a great opportunity for our trust, as it linked directly with our trust reward strategy. Like all other trusts, we have national terms and conditions, but we also have a fantastic voluntary benefits package for staff and we wanted staff to know that their benefits package was much more than just their salary. And so we needed to com increase communication and engagement with staff about their total reward package. And for us, total reward statements was a key way to do this. We felt that staff didn't fully understand their whole employment package. And for us, in this economic climate, it was really important to raise awareness, to motivate staff and help with recruitment and retention. For me, there was three key benefits for our trust being involved, which were, firstly, we could engage with staff and inform them that this was a pilot and that it was really important that we received feedback from them to help shape and inform the national rollout of total reward statements. Secondly, it gave us the chance to learn from the pilot and be better prepared for the main rollout. This was allowing us to identify any key barriers or enablers which would help our strategy going forward. And lastly, but certainly not leastly, we had a lot of help and support through the pilot process, whether that be at the end of a phone or through network meetings with the project team. Um, and John, what learning have you taken from the pilot that you think will help you implement total reward statements this year? Okay, the, the key learning we've taken from the pilot is firstly, as a trust, as mentioned before, we don't have ESR self-service and this was a limiting factor for us. Our staff had to use the government gateway, which is not as user-friendly and therefore discouraged staff from accessing their statement. We are now looking at how we take forward ESR self-service within our trust. Also, planning. You need to plan well in advance, especially around what we include about local benefits, what the key messages are going to be, data cleansing and communications, planning is really essential. Accurate data, the importance of having accurate and up-to-date staff information is fundamental. If the data is wrong, it can actually undermine the whole process and staff actually become disengaged. Communication, you can't over-communicate the more the better. So this was actually from ensuring we communicate to staff the importance of having their home address details on ESR updated so that they can gain access through the government gateway much more easily. 
Also, early communication and partnership working with the key stakeholders, so such as payroll, pension team, staff side, managers, it's bringing everybody in at an early stage and including them in the rollout and what total reward statements mean. And finally for me, evaluating. So ensuring we have a process in place to evaluate the effectiveness of the um, total reward statements and assess if there is any impact, which for us hopefully increases on the uptake of our voluntary benefits we offer. Thanks Dawn, that's great. And Sinew, is there anything that you'd add to that that you may have learnt from the pilot that will help you with implementation this year? Thanks. Um, yes, there's a few points. Um, one of the points was that staff didn't always relate to the word reward. Um, so for us, we will need to communicate with um, our staff what actually the term reward means. Um, most of our staff are used to the concept of staff benefits. But from our point of view, the reward package is far greater than just um, what staff benefits we offer them. What, one of the things we found is that because our staff benefits and wellbeing package is quite embedded into the culture already, um, we had the provision to be able to provide information on our local um, sort of benefits package that we offer staff. Um, but some of the feedback we received from staff was that they already sort of knew about some of those options. So almost, I guess, in some respects, why were we sort of repeating some of the information that we already had out there? So what we want to do is to consider an alternative way in which we can try and hook staff into what benefits there are out there, but actually how it will actually contribute to their overall reward package here within the organisation. We did hold a number of drop-in sessions um, for staff to be able to, A, I guess, access the Government Gateway because not everybody has access regularly to computers, but also some staff had difficulty accessing the Government Gateway. Um, but unfortunately, despite the fact that we did actually run a number of those sessions, nobody actually turned up. So there is some learning around that insofar as, I guess, is that actually what support staff actually need? Um, were the timing, timings of those sessions actually at the time where staff could actually access those as well? And one of the other key points um, from a pensions point of view is, and I think it reiterated one of the points that Dawn mentioned earlier, um, was to actually ensure that you keep on top of your data cleanse, particularly with your pensions data. So there's monthly reports that come out from McKesson, and I think it's just really important that actually you keep chipping away at those throughout the whole of the year, rather than waiting until the time when you're asked to actually do the big data cleanse. Thank you, Zinnia. Um, I know you're in tranche one, so I know your statements will go live in your organisation at the end of August this year. Um, what are the kind of things that you're doing now to prepare and what other preparation have you got planned for um, the rollout of the statements? I think the main um, area of preparation we're going to be focusing on is our communication strategy with our staff um, and that's particularly because our uptake was low so we had approximately about 6% of staff actually view their statements um, which I believe was about the, the same percentage as most staff without ESR self-service. So, for example, we, we will already be planning a comms programme um, which will include articles in Staff Brief, our local magazine Staff Matters, screensavers and posters. Um, but what we also want to do is to consider other ways in which staff are going to be able to access um, this information. So we have a number of people that already follow um, our staff benefits and wellbeing um, through Twitter, through Facebook. Um, we have an external staff benefits of internet pages where staff can access from home so we're going to be looking at trying to sort of spread the word about the total reward statements but sort of almost rebrand what we class as reward 
Um, I mentioned before in terms of some of the learning um, that we wanted to relook at how we were going to do our local benefits pages. And one of the things that we thought of doing is rather than just list everything that we have, is actually sort of try and quantify actually what some of these savings might actually mean to an individual. So therefore, for example, if you were a band five staff nurse and you took out a range of staff benefits that were open to you, this potentially could save you a grand in that year, just as an example. So therefore, it could take your basic salary from, say, £27,000 a year to £28,000 a year. So again, that overall contributes towards your overall reward package, but also I think for us is a really good retention tool as well in terms of how we, you know, we, we um, encourage people to stay. Again, coming back to the drop-in sessions, um, I think we, we want to sort of consider alternative ways in terms of how we encourage staff to access the government gateway. The timing of the launch of the statements comes at a really great time for us because we're actually rebranding and reopening one of the largest staff canteens um, within the organisation, which is going to have um, a staff, a dedicated staff area, which we can use to launch um, most of our initiatives. But we're also going to be have um, having an internet cafe within that as well. Um, so rather than being sort of fixed in terms of saying these are when our drop-in sessions are going to be held, staff will actually be able to come along at a time that actually suits them and we'll actually be able to put up information in terms of actually how, how do you actually access the government gateway. The other thing we're looking at doing as well is actually agreeing how we direct queries through. So for example when we did the technical pilot we created an email inbox um, so which if people had queries about um, their um, the total reward statement or if they're having difficulties accessing the gateway they could actually email us directly. Um, we're going to replicate that again for this year because it actually it did actually really work, people did use it um, and one of the things we just need to agree again is how we're going to direct those queries insofar as which ones sit with us in HR, which ones were filled out to pensions, payroll or which ones we actually potentially um, we, we push towards the, um, the, the national helpline number as well. I think the key thing for us is we're gonna, what we need to consider is actually how we sustain some of the communication activities um, because I think it's quite easy to think it launches at the end of August therefore we'll do loads of um, you know um, communications around at the end of August but we've also got to remember it's at the end of the holiday period for people people will be coming back to work sort of in September um, there's lots of other initiatives for us going on in September so for example it's our open day um, which lots of staff take a lot of interest in so we want to try and think about how we sustain the communication particularly during sort of the September time when people are perhaps coming back from the holidays and wanting to sort of refocus on finances and things like that. And I think the only other thing is in terms of the, what we're preparing to do is our pensions team are obviously trying to prepare the, um, the data cleanse. So they undertook the main bulk of the data cleanse earlier this year. Um, and, but because they had quite a short time scale in which to do that, they're now just continuing to chip away at that so much the data is as accurate as it can be for the rollout of the total reward statements in August. Well, thank you both very much for your time. It's very insightful and um, thank you for your uh, information and, um, and kind of your experiences of the pilot and what that's kind of given you as a trust for rollout this year.